Welcome to Mama Bear. I'm your host, Kim Landrum. Hi there. Welcome back to Mama Bear. I hope you're having a good week. I am really excited to have today's guest on the show today because she is going to talk about something that you probably are not familiar with, a a therapy, a recovery therapy that you probably are not familiar with. And I like being able to introduce people to you that, um, I guess people in topics that, that maybe you don't know anything about. And I think this fits the bill this week. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I just want to put it out there again. If there is something that you would like to hear about or learn about in the health and wellness sphere, just send me a message on Instagram. You can either get on the, the mama bear podcast account uh, and send me a message there or reach out to me at mountain bike mom, either one. And I would just love to hear what your interests are and what you want to learn more about. Welcome back. This is take two. We actually got about five and a half minutes into this uh, interview and I realized that it wasn't recording. So um, user error on my part, we are starting over, Um, but fortunately this this episode is, is with with Kisa Ray and she is um, good as gold and she's rolling with it here. But I am happy to welcome her to the show today because she is not only a friend, but she's also a fascial stretch therapist here in Athens. And I, I probably know more than the average person about recovery and maintenance techniques. But prior to meeting Kisa, I was not aware that your fascia needed to be stretched or that it, it needed as much attention as it does. And we're likely all familiar with massage and how that targets our major muscle groups, but fascial stretch therapy is different and it does have a lot of applications for different kinds of people and conditions. So I'm excited to welcome Kisa today so that she can educate us all on this very fascinating kind of therapy. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Kim. For the second time this morning. (laughs) All right, so we're going to start with the basics, and then we'll get a little bit more specific as we move on. So in lay terms, can you explain just what the fascia is? Sure. Okay, so fascia in lay terms is connective tissue. That's the simplest way. It is one type of connective tissue. So we're talking more about the musculoskeletal system related to the fascia. There's other types of fascia. Um, Fascia supports um, movement and it's the scaffolding. So it is essentially um, the building blocks or the support. It holds the bones in in their place along with the other tissue, the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons, the skin, all that sort of stuff. So um, I think we said, we talked a little bit about this before, but I will say that it um, allows us to have the form that we have. So if we actually took away the bones, if we took away your organs, we took away everything else but the fascia, you would still be three-dimensional. That's how much fascia there is. Okay, that's interesting to me. I didn't really realize that 
fascia had that much structure to it, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, But I I love the way you describe it because it helps me understand and you're sort of the architecture of the body is what we were saying. Um, But your explanation makes it really visible, uh, visual to me. So um, I I love that. That makes sense. Okay. So that's fascia Um, in sort of a nutshell. I know that's, that's very, very basic. But when we have this webbing of fascia from head to toe, why does it need to be stretched? Why do we need to take care of it? Well, I think in, in the last, I don't even know how many years, but in the last 10, 20 years, um, it has been recognized as a very significant tissue. Um, not that it was just discovered, but it was not thought to be that important. Tom, Tom Myers, who is presently one of the authorities on fascia and movement, um, he's an anatomist. And he basically shares his story of when he started studying cadavers and he decided to dissect them differently than the olden days. The olden days when they were first labeling the body, identifying all the things of the body, um, they were cutting into it, they were cutting through the fascia and throwing the fascia out. So I didn't think it was very important. In more recent years, Um, Tom and different anatomists have really gone back into the lab and they've said, okay, let's see what this muscle, and we'll cut it linearly, we'll cut it with the body, and we'll cut through it without distracting or taking things away, and we'll start gently tugging to see where does that line of movement and that tension go. And so this is where we start seeing that things that are related to the top of the body have impact to the bottom. And so my... Uh, example would be that, for instance, runners, and you know, obviously your son's a runner, um, they'll come in and say, I really, they will be fixated on where they feel tension. Well, that tension could also be in their neck and their shoulders. So sometimes when I work on the bottom and they're like, good, great, and they're about to hop off the table, I'm like, no, not so much. We got to, we got to clear everything out on the, on the top. So it, it is, works directly with the muscles, it works with the systems, which we'll get into in a minute, um, but it, it, it just loops around. So there's all these different fascial lines, which is kind of what fascial stretch therapy is, is that we work with these fascial lines the way it's organized with the body, and then we can start releasing some of that tissue, and that tissue includes the muscles. Okay. Okay. And that helps us understand why... If we feel pain, for instance, mm-hmm. so you said tightness, if we feel pain, for instance, in a certain part of the body, that's not its origination point, probably nine times out of 10, right? It's the, the point of origination is, is somewhere else. The problem is somewhere else. And so you're going in and, and trying to figure out where that's coming from, yes. right? You're kind yes. of unraveling all that. So... When we're talking about, um, and you mentioned in an athlete specifically, let, let's talk about that for a minute. That's, that's how I met you. Um, my son is a, a high school runner, and, and it was recommended that he start utilizing fascial stretch therapy as one of his recovery techniques. So go a little bit further and tell us how it's beneficial 
to the, the health and maintenance of an athlete of any age. Okay. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the highlights, and then I'm going to give you the why behind it that is really important for athletes. And then the backstory, just so you all, the, the listeners know, is my background is exercise physiology. So when I found this, I understood the exercise physiology part because I study exercise physiology for human performance and athletes. So this all came together like... It, it just made sense to me. Um, the first thing that's the most important thing is when we start working with fascia, we can impact the nervous system. So most athletes are in a very active state, and we're going to talk post-training, post-recovery. Not getting ready for a race but or getting ready for competition, post-recovery. Trying to reset the body, restore the body, get the body back. So that they can, so that body, that athlete's body can do it again, whether it's 24 hours later, getting ready for a race, whatever. We're trying to restore, recover. So we want to down-regulate the nervous system. What does that do? It moves it out of fight or flight. What does that do? Lower stress hormones. What does that do? Allow the athlete to sleep better. And what does that do? Speed up recovery. Okay, that's the first thing. Um, it improves circulation because the tissue actually is looser and there's nerves and blood vessels that go through all the tissue. So if it's not clamped down because it's active and it's tight, then guess what flows through it better? So you improve nervous, the, the actual nerve input and you actually get more circulation, which what does that do? Improves hydration and your delivery of all your nutrients. So guess what that will do? Speed up recovery again. Because even though some athletes are like hydrating properly, theoretically, they're drinking as much water, they're doing all the plans that they're supposed to do. If you've got really tied down tight tissue, that doesn't mean that it's getting that delivery, especially at the very ends of the limbs. So you're talking about the lower leg, the feet, the hands, you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot longer to get out there. And if you've got really, really tight tissue, that tissue, tissue can choke, excuse me, choke things off. So that's the other thing. Um, most people come to me for fascial stretch is they're talking about movement, mobility, pain, tension, that sort of thing. So we're going to um, assist the body in getting back to a normal state, less active state, a, a more normal length. Um, we're going to decompress the joints, and that is specifically the hips, the back, the neck, the shoulders in particular. For runners, we even work on the feet and we work on that ankle. And of course, the lower, lower, um, the calf region and the shin region as well. It improves performance. I've had runners in particular that PR after they've been working with me. And I don't promise that. That just means their fatigue level is different. And so a lot of them, they will use these terms. I don't have dead legs. I don't fatigue as fast. I don't feel heavy as fast. Um, so the nervous system resets enough, and it is nervous system more than anything. So what we're really trying to do is really coax the body back into this homeostasis, this normal state, which most athletes don't even know how to get there. They don't even know if, if they can ever get there on their own. It takes a lot of work. Um, so we're talking about a lot of systems. So for an athlete, if it can improve their performance, um, decrease recovery time, Improve sleep because most of the athletes that I, the first thing I ask is, do you sleep well? No. No. Right. You know, and if you are, are also a type A type of person, no, 
you know so what we do is there's there's some methodology within the stretch and it's hard to conceptualize because I don't even know if stretch is the right word with what I do I kind of want to say fascial movement stretch something you know because I am doing it differently most people say it just feels differently it's not obtrusive or offensive to the body it actually sometimes many people who, who have done some sort of stretch assisted stretching which is what we do because I'm stretching the other person um, they want it to be harder more aggressive and I'm like and this is what the nervous system goes yikes about so we're gonna we'll talk about how this applies to the general public not non-athletes but because you mentioned nervous system I want to just ask you know, anxiety is something that a lot of people deal with, and I've read a good good bit about, just recently, about stimulating the vagus nerve to let your body know that it is time to relax and decompress. Can fascial stretch therapy help with anxiety at all? I mean, do you, do you have people come in and just say, I just need to, they probably don't use the words, I just need to downregulate my nervous system or I just need to relax. Do, do people use this as a way to relax like they would massage? They do. And what's interesting is they don't come for me to me for that reason, but sometimes they'll come back for that reason. Um, the kids come more often than not for that reason. Once they figure out like, wow, I'm in the middle of a season. But let's talk about the average person who comes to me with some whether it's not even aches and pains, but they feel just tight, compressed. They feel what a lot of them say is old. They feel mm -hmm. a little bit run down. They're sitting in a chair. They're traveling back when people used to travel. Um, and they're doing all that stuff. But if I can educate as I'm walking them through. So we do breath work, but what I do is I try to sync up breath with the movement. So I might say if they're holding their breath. Sometimes I get somebody that's, I'll call it game facing. The person who probably walks in an anxious state is trying to gain face through a lot of stuff all day every day so if i can be a safe space for them to simply let go for a bit then their their tissue will also let go and that is wasted energy chem that's what it is i mean at the end of the day it's wasted calories it's wasted tension it's asking the body to hold kind of in this soldier go to war state when it doesn't need to and it doesn't necessarily. So I had the opportunity to stretch a neurologist, osteopath, over in Augusta. He was a former national ranked, back when he was um, in high school and college, nationally ranked wrestler. Um, I, it's a longer story of how we inter intersected, but he ended up um, wanting me to come and work on him. And I said, I just feel like a lot of my clients are hypertonic and all this other stuff. He goes, absolutely. The world is requiring us to be on 24-7 from the moment we get up and the war situation, and he was an army officer, so he literally, you know, literally and figuratively said, the war that most of us are fighting is, is not the war of going off to battle, but our body doesn't recognize that. And that's to, to your point. We have to realize that we are creating wars in our day-to-day. If we knew not only that you had to come to me, but breath work would improve you, self-care down, down regulation, and that's up to you. So it could be a bath that down regulates. It could be music, but you have to recognize are you upregulated all the time. Does that answer your question? That makes total sense. And I think that is so important for people 
to hear because we are, I mean, I have these conversations all the time. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. We're constantly looking for ways to find a balance between work and play. And we do, we get up in the morning and we are revved up all day until it's right. dark outside and we finally think, ah, oh, I can grab a few minutes, you know, kick my feet up before it's time to go to bed and do it all over again. So I, I, this helps people start to understand that this can be a way. Well, one, how important the nervous system is oh, it's, it's to everything. all of this. It's right. Everything. Yeah. Right. And that's where the research is being done. I think that, that what's going to be interesting, I'm going to put, a, put something out there. Um, it's just a suspicion of mine. And most of it is because of the ex-phys background, academic ex-phys background that I have. The suspicion I have is, will the training, and we'll go back into just the athletes, but will the training and recovery aspect change? Because I think if there is better recovery, and there is some at the elite level, that they're looking at heart rate training and all the other stuff that correlates, because if you've got all these other indicators, physiological indicators, there's a good chance the tissue's in pretty good shape. It feels differently, Kim. That's all I can say. Yeah. And when I went through the training, um, and the backstory, if okay, so fascial stretch therapy was created by Anne Frederick and, and supported by her husband, Chris Frederick. Anne Frederick created it 30 years ago in Arizona. She was in grad school. She was a former dancer. Her husband is a former dancer as well, professional. He was a physical therapist, retired dancer. And so he had the clinic to actually do the research. And so when she first started doing the fascial stretch therapy, it was her grad thesis. She was like, I kind of know how we dancers keep our bodies moving and supple and organized. And so she started working on athletes at Arizona State. And then the cl- their clinic ended up supporting it. They've been supporting professional athlete- athletes for 30 years. Which is crazy because I haven't heard about it, you know, and I I feel like I've been in this space, not as a practitioner. I'm not, you know, I'm not a medical doctor. I always put that disclaimer out there. Um, But how have we not even heard about it? Which is just crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. but you're right. I think there is, there's, I am just hearing on, on podcasts and and through what I'm reading, I'm just hearing so much lately about the nervous system. I feel like in the past two years, um, which, which is part of the reason I wanted you to talk about this. I just think that it's, it's fascinating. We don't give our nervous system any love, you know, we don't even talk about it. So all right, so let's just say someone is interested in making a visit to you. What, what should they expect when they, they come to your office for the first time? So th- what I usually do is I usually um, make contact with them before they even get to the office. They cannot sign up and just, you know, randomly say, I want to go get a stretch, you know, whatever. Um, that is because there are some health conditions that we are really careful about. There, this isn't a one and done. This isn't for everybody. If they have autoimmune, we have to kind of talk through that. I'm not going to eat. Not only am I going to um, impact your body and your health uh, negatively, I'm also not going to take your money. So we look at the status, the health status. We, I ask them a series of questions. I ask them if they have history and movement history and athletics. Tell me a little bit about what you've done in the past, your physical activity sometimes because the body has 
it's a scorekeeper. It has all this. And, and that is sometimes when I talk to somebody who really feels pretty yucky. I'll use the term broken because that's what they use. Like, I just don't feel. It's somebody that's maybe been in, the, in an office for 15, 20 years and they're admitting that they are not quite the person they used to be in their younger years. And I will say, well, what did, tell me what you used to do. Okay, let's wake up that sleeping giant. And then the biggest thing we do is I usually say, you've got to come in for 90 minutes. And that allows me to gently coax the body into lengthening, decompressing the joints, and me introducing this work to the body in a very careful way. That's the distinct difference between all the other stretch programs out there. I have people who come to me and simply say, you can stretch me harder. And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to really upset the nervous system. What will the nervous system do if I suddenly go into what all of us can visualize, a huge hamstring stretch? And a lot of us have experienced that. We've experienced somebody else. We are passive. They are assisting and they push us. Most of our kids have gone through that with a friend, you know, that they're trying to, this is what they've learned. But what it does, it's almost like shock and awe to the body. What's the body going to respond is that this is dangerous and it doesn't know what your intention is. I always say your brain and your thinking brain has no idea what the physiology that's going on all over the body. The thinking brain has one intention. The rest of the body is coordinating and communicating to what it's getting chemically. So this is where we have to bump into lengthening the body, we have to bump into it cautiously because the body already has, if it's been hurt, if it's been traumatized in any kind of matter, it has breaks all over the place, right. alarm system. So That's stored trauma. Yeah. yeah. So we're not trying to lay down what I say, a new piece of trauma in history. I want to bump into um, that trauma or that break or that tension and want to honor it. I want to ask the person, how does this feel? It also allows the person to feel completely comfortable and trusting of me. And I explain to them. So we go in and what we use is first stretch, level one, second stretch, level two. We're going to try to get to knocking on the door where you're about to tell me to stop. And we're not going through that door. Gotcha. So that's my visual for them. Like, and I'll say, because you've probably gone through the door. Either you did it to yourself or somebody else did it to you. Right. Or right? it could even be, it could be accident, injury, yes. car accident. I mean, car or, or it can like be in the field. Right. It can be, you know, a soccer player that gets slammed and skids or a football right. player. You know, there's all, or a, somebody gets caught, you know, an arm gets caught and all of a sudden they've got a, a, a pretty big thing. So, and, and there's things that show up. So that's basically, yeah, how we go about doing it. And if somebody does come to see you, is there and I know this is sort of a, a broad question, um, but how often would someone need to re receive therapy or does that depend on whether you're trying to work them through an injury or a condition or if somebody's just, let's just say it's a, a, a quote unquote healthy individual okay. that's looking at this therapy as maintenance. So, what I usually recommend is if they can commit to three sessions, then we will know a bunch of things. We will know, is the body reacting favorably? Um, and I usually say once a week. Like, can we do it three consecutive weeks? Now, people are busy. So I am not in the, in the, in the game of shame and blame to say, oh, you've got to come. Let's do the best you can. So if this is self-care and you're trying to think about this being one thing that you can do to the body, 
let's put it in, in that framework. Um, three sessions will allow the body, the first one is it'll see, you know, whether it likes it or not. We usually 24 hours later, I check on it. And the next two, we're going to get more work because the next time somebody comes into me and lays on my table, they know exactly what they're going to get. And then we can do some more work. So, so it's, I have had, I have had no bad, like this was horrible. I will say to somebody, I don't think I'm the right person. So if it's something that they've kind of tell, told me their big story, I've been to the Cairo, I've been to the massage, I do this, I do that. We all work really well together if we can play in that sand, sandbox well together. If we can, you know, I've got some Kairos that, that say, you know, know me and they refer to me. And if I suddenly, I can feel a body. It's not that I know an adjustment, but I can feel. It feels clunky. I mean, that's not a really <laughs> big word, but their, body, their bones feel clunky at times. Mm -hmm. Their pelvis feels clunky. Their spine feels clunky. And a lot of times I'm just like, well, you need to go off and do this. And then come back and see if this is really where this needs to be. So three Three is the magic word. I mean, three is usually allows the nervous system to, to kind of settle down a little bit as far as their response. They get um, an idea that, okay, by the, you know, the third session, they should be feeling some relief. Um, and usually this starts sticking, which again is right now, there's a lot of pushback in the world of stretch where a lot of quote unquote authorities are saying there's nothing relevant and nothing good about stretch. Um, I think that's old school. That is old school. And it's yeah. not what we're talking about. We're talking about, like, I like to use the term fascial stretch marries well with mobility work. Mobility, stability. Our bodies need to be able to move through space and time at the biggest range that we can give it because it wants to. When it moves through that space and time, it also hydrates well. It pushes fluids around. When we stay stagnant, we stay still, we get less movement opportunity and we don't push fluids and the fluids the way circulation works is it works by us moving okay so it, it is cumulative and i know we've had that conversation mm -hmm. too i know um when aiden comes to see you you know it, and it's they're kind of going into the the really important part of the season it's really important and i've heard that from when i went to get acupuncture and they would say, it's cumulative. So if you can come, you know, three times over three weeks or whatever. Um, so th that makes sense. What could somebody do at home to support a healthy fascia? I mean, we're right now we're recording in my living room and I have a foam roller and I have all kinds of, you know, prickly things that I can use to move my muscles around and my fascia around it hydration, you know, wh what could somebody do either in addition to reaching out to you or to even start nurturing their fascia? Okay. I'm going to try to paint a picture and see if hopefully we can visualize this. So let's do a couple things. Let's use the goal of down regulation. So you can do down regulation through meditation, breath work. It doesn't have to be long. Find an app and get some guided breath work going so that you can, your body's first signal is, is okay, the breath has changed, respiration has changed. Oh, my heart rate starts lowering, okay? So that's one thing that can just, again, it will, it will, it will change the messaging to everything that there's not a lot of work going on. It's, tell, it's telling the whole systems, hey, we're kind of in recovery now. Okay, guys, we don't have to work so hard. 
Okay. I mean, all the little people and all the little communications of all the body. Like Let's the relax. Yeah, okay, yeah. up there, down there, all around. So the first thing, downregulate the nervous system. Some of us downregulate the nervous system through movement. So it's taking any kind of movement practice that you like to do. And it doesn't have to be, it can be yoga, it can be Pilates, it can be, you know, mashing um, out some tissue, using the balls, doing all the myofascial release techniques that you know. If you don't, get on YouTube. There's all kinds of, of um, yoga tune-up fitness is one of my favorite places because she's got a yoga and massage therapy background um, and her, her stuff is good. Um, but it, it's even to think strategically about your day. So if you have an office job or you're a student and you're an athlete, it might be that every time you get up, you twist around. You think about the body in all these planar action points. So the body just doesn't move forward and back, and we call that the sagittal plane. It's almost like being between two walls. The body works on the, you know, laterally. And so if you've always, if you're a runner and you run forward, 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 guess what? Go backward, backward, backwards. Do butt kicks. Do, you know, standing lunges. Do things that are slow. Twirl your arms around. Rotate in and out. Like, you need to remind all the joints what they do. Your shoulders and your hips, the arms and legs sit in those, those joints, and the arms and the legs are supposed to internally and externally rotate. They're also supposed to flex and extend. Remind those areas that that's exactly what it needs to do. You'd be surprised the adults that I deal with, they don't have a lot of internal and external rotation. They can still move their leg through their hip and they can move their arm through their shoulder, but they can't twist and turn internal and external. So it looks more like this, and they can't do this. Yeah, well, so, that makes sense, though. Yeah. But if we don't do it, it's like anything. Yeah. You lose the ability to. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, that. your shoulder circles and stuff. Again, most of us don't need to be, if we did the shoulder rolls, and, and if, you know, again, uh, trying to create a picture, shoulders up, shoulders back, shoulders down. But why would we do shoulder forward rolls when most of us are on a computer sitting over, you know, we're all hunched over this way. The back is already in a stretch. The upper back is already in a stretch. The shoulder blades are slid out. The head is dropped down. And all of that is already in a stretch. So what do we need to do? Roll the shoulders back, open up the chest, get a good stretch through the chest, and try to get some scapular retraction and try to get those muscles related to the scaps to slide those shoulder blades back where they're supposed to be. And that changes the posture. Okay. That's a lot, I know. Sorry. No, but it's it's so helpful because I often think that when we make recommendations to people that one of the reasons that they don't follow through with an exercise program or whatever it is is because it just seems overwhelming. And I think anything that you can do to break it down throughout the day, five minutes here, five minutes here, that seems much more manageable. So one, thank you, because this has been fascinating and I'm learning things you know I knew generally what this was but you are really helping me understand this on a much much deeper level um so if people want to reach out to you directly how can they get in touch with you I have a website super simple it's just my name so it's www.kisaray.com um, there's contact information and a contact form. Easiest way, there's a phone number there. Text me, just straight out text me. Um, let me know how you found me and um, we'll get something started and hopefully I can help you. 
Well, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come over here today and record this um, part of it twice. So again, I appreciate your grace. Um, but I hope that this has been helpful to everyone. Again, I, I just think that this topic is really fascinating and it, it's something that I don't think we hear enough about that is really could be relevant to a, a lot of people's lives. And it, it could be um, just the thing that you're looking for and you didn't even know it. So thanks again, Kisa. Um, and thanks to all our listeners for tuning in today. Awesome. Thanks again, Kim. Bye. Bye. I hope you found that as interesting as I do. Uh, and if not, thank you for indulging me while I geek out on the human body. I, I just think... Anything about the nervous system is really, really interesting because we're finding out how much the nervous system in, impacts us. And I, I know that there are some people out there that already knew this, but I didn't. So I find it fascinating and I, I hope that you learned something today. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs>